In this episode of Octal FM, Sephron and I talk about what we think makes a great local multiplayer PC game, and some of our favourites that we think you should try with your friends too. Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Gelada. And I'm Sefran. And today we're going to discuss LAN parties and playing games at LAN parties. Well, what is a LAN? Well, that's a very good question, Sefran. A LAN party, well, the term LAN, first of all, is an acronym for local area network. And a LAN party is a local area network, which is a essentially a what we would now just call a network, like the internet or your Wi-Fi network sort of thing. A LAN party is where people come together, bring their PCs or laptops, and they all play PC video games, either together or separately, or just all at the same time in a in a sort of cultural gaming, socializing event. It used to be that LAN events were and almost a necessity to play local PC multiplayer because, well, the internet was just not very reliable. It was quite slow and laggy. Getting the connections between more than, say, a few computers at once was really awkward. Mm. Uh, and being physically next to people just made that so much simpler because you just literally ran on the same network using all the same cabling. Yeah, I mean, historically, it's exactly that. They come from a time when you couldn't even play games over the internet. There was no support for that. You couldn't, games just didn't work over the internet because there was no point. Everyone was on dial-up and it would just never work, particularly fast-paced games like first-person shooters like Quake or something like that. But now they have less of a necessity about them. You know, everyone plays games online with their friends. We have services like Xbox Live and the PlayStation Network. So now it becomes more about getting together and and doing something that you all enjoy in a in a in a setting where you can all talk about it and you can all talk about the game you're playing either all together or different games you're playing get to like see what games people are playing that you might not play um and things like that and i guess it may sound like a weird thing for us to talk about on octal fm but LAN parties and LAN events are something that we, the two of us, are super passionate about. We've been involved in them for a long time, um, and they're really a big part of our gaming identity, I would say. Yeah, definitely. We started doing it like when we were, like, 15, I think. Yeah. Uh, we'd all sort of had, like, kind of mid-rangeish computers. We'd tried to play some games online. Like, do you remember things like Game Spy, you know, like oh, Games yeah. by Arcade, and uh, and things like that? Pre Xbox Live services, like terrible. Yeah, <laughs> things exactly. that never worked. You know, you didn't have things like Steam or other kind of services like that. You know, it was it was very much a case of typing in IP addresses and connecting mm. that way, uh, and it wasn't very reliable. So we decided, ah, well, we want to play games together. It's going to be some good fun, you know. So we all just piled around one person's house. Often, I think it was your parents. Yeah. And brought the computers and off we go. But then over time, that's very much now become a choice rather than a necessity for us because the act of LAN is being with your friends, playing some really cool games rather than like, and it's dedicating some time to playing games too. Absolutely. It's not just a, oh, I've got half an hour this evening before I have to go and do another chore of the day. Mm. I'll just play a game of, say, Overwatch or whatever. 
you know, you're dedicating often a weekend. It's usually kind of like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday kind of job. How longer in some cases mm. to, to playing games. And it, it's certainly made us the kind of the gaming people that we are today. I know that sounds a little bit like overly grandiose for, for <laughs> gaming. But I mean, it's definitely part of like gaming identity is a really good way of putting it. It's mm. definitely become part of my gaming identity. Yeah, definitely. Back then when we were younger, it was just an excuse to play even more games and to play them together um, and also solving that technology problem. But nowadays it's more about the LAN parties that the two of us run. Um, there's about 10 people and we've all got busy lives, we all have jobs, we all live in different places. And so to schedule some time, to really carve out some time to play games, you know, some of the people who come, they don't really even get a chance to play games in between two LAN, two LAN events. You know, that like they'll play games at the LAN, they'll go home, they maybe will play some games a little bit every now and then, but not very much, and then come to another LAN. Um, so it's really become that that as well you know just making sure that you know people who are really passionate about games but just life gets in the way and it's and there's no reason why you can't and you shouldn't just carve out some time you know just properly block out some time and and it doesn't feel like you're just sat on your own if you know you're actually you're socializing you know if that's sort of like an excuse you can kind of justify it in in some ways in your mind if you sort of feel a bit weird about blocking out time to just play games on your own no, 100%. It's very... The social aspect is one of the biggest aspects for it now. Mm. And it's very important to enjoy your hobby with people that also enjoy your hobby. So I don't think it's something you have to feel guilty about wanting to do. No, exactly. Uh, and it's certainly something that we hope at the end of this episode that you'll maybe think about doing as well. Yeah, definitely. But the most important thing for a LAN is what games you're going to play. Now, it's not as simple as being able to play whatever game you want because you need to make sure that everyone else either wants to play the game, can play the game, the game's going to be suitable for the environment. So, I mean, that kind of leads us to the main topic of the episode. What makes a good LAN game? Yeah, and we've given this a lot of thought because when you're organising a LAN, it's, it's important to have some ideas about what you can play. You know, it's not just enough to just go and be like, okay, what game should we play, guys? You know, you, that's a good way to sit around twiddling your thumbs for ages. We're going to talk a little bit about the sort of aspects of games that make really good LAN games and then also kind of bring in some particular examples about ones that we've found particularly work well, some interesting stories about the games that we've played. But one of the first points that we think is really important for a good LAN game is flexible team sizes, right? Like we have 10 people come to our LAN, but lands can be of all different sizes. They can be four people or three people, um, or it can be as big as a thousand people in an entire warehouse um, and so in those situations you need to be able to accommodate different you know different sizes of people sets of people in the game absolutely the last thing you want is to say have a game that requires eight people and have seven people really willing and wanting to play mm. and not being able to get that eighth person or like waiting for half an hour for that eighth person to kind of like you know finish whatever they're doing to play you don't want that because that grinds things down to a halt. everyone's kind of bored and then by the time you do start playing the game people are kind of a bit bored and they just want to go and do something else or they're not in the mood for it anymore so having the ability to kind of like flex be have flexible team sizes is really important if it's a obviously a team-based game or you know even just flexible play accounts you know even if that means the game's going to maybe make the map smaller if it's like a strategy game or it's going to add some ai both comrades and opponents so that it kind of fills those out that's really important because that allows you to start playing that game 
really quickly, not having to worry about the logistics of who's playing what and when. Mm, exactly. And on the subject of who is playing the game, it's also really important that unless you have a particular group of people that already all play a particular game and are all like diehard FPS players, it's important for a, a land game to have a really inclusive skill curve. Um, you know, a game where people who've never played it before, where it's the first time that they've ever played this game that you've introduced them to, they can still play it alongside the person that has played it for, you know, hundreds of hours and that's why they want to play it and that's why they want to introduce it to someone new. They need to feel like they're contributing to the game, whether that's a team-based game where they're contributing against the other team or a fully competitive game where they don't feel like they're slowing everyone down or getting behind and, and it's important that they're having fun. Absolutely. The fun part of it, for me, is probably the biggest, the the most sticking point. If it's not fun, you're not going to want to learn to do it better and thus get to the point where you can can have fun with the game. You know, you need to start having fun from the get-go with, oh, what does this character do? Oh, that skill's really cool. Or, you know, I can do this thing, which is a bit easy for me, but it means that my team gets a bonus if I do it. Yeah. So you feel like, you know, you're contributing. And then when your team wins, like, I I actually helped us win that, even though Mm. I wasn't involved in that big fight. That's really important because that's what encourages people to want to play the game and learn that more. As an example, a bit tangential, our most recent LAN was the first time I'd ever played Heroes of the Storm. And that's obviously a game I know yourself and some of the other people that have come to the LANs before are quite hot on for gaming. And we'll talk about that in a bit as well. But even though I'd not played before, I started playing and I felt that although I wasn't anywhere near as skilled as the people who like knew what they were doing, all the characters, I was still having an effect. And that made me enjoy the game which Mm. made me want to learn the game a bit more and now i've kind of like put you know 10 20 hours into the game and i feel like i can play the game confidently even not even though i don't play the characters confidently Mm. yet (laughs) you know it sold me and it's made me want to learn the game which is really important because now the next lan that's another game that's going to get busted out and i'm going to enjoy it even more because i can feel like i can be involved in those big team fights now yeah and you feel like you're progressing as well like in between lands not just at the land as well but also like you say like you come to the next land and you're like oh yeah i feel a bit better at this game now since we last played you know it's sort of that narrative of of how you're developing and the games that you're playing um is really cool another point that i'd like to bring up with this the kind of like uh, feature of what makes a good land game is it's really important to have people included because like you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, people that come to these lands might either play, you know, all the time at home or they might never really get a chance to play at home, but even though they really enjoy playing games. And you want to make sure that those people, particularly that aren't necessarily playing these games often, can still get involved. Mm. Because if they can't, what are they going to play? You know, yeah. they're going to play the same games they've always played. There's maybe one game that everyone kind of knows how to play and it's you know doesn't require any learning. But you want new and fresh experiences each LAN, and that's what kind of makes them memorable. Mm. So being able to include those people and make them want to come back and play some more is really important as well, because you want that sense of, not, not community, but sense of like everyone's enjoying themselves as part of the group. Yeah, definitely. And also, in order to enjoy yourself, you know, and those for those people that perhaps don't play as often, maybe they haven't they haven't had a reason to invest so much money in their pc maybe they're using a a spare laptop that they have that they you know that they normally use for work and stuff like that and because of that it's also really important for a good lan game to have flexibility in the graphics in the graphic settings and the and the system requirements for the game that you're playing it needs to 
look good for people with powerful PCs. You know, they need to be able to feel like, yeah, you know, I love bringing my PC that I've spent loads of money and time on to the LAN and I get to like play some games and they look awesome. But also for those people that are bringing a PC that is a lot older or um, in our case, for example, as old as a 2009 iMac running Windows um, and just, you know, just about battling along with its laptop graphics card. <laughs> you know, you need to be able to easily turn down the graphics um, and it still mustn't look terrible. And also it needs to be able to do that. It needs to work okay still. Because at the end of the day, the LAN events aren't necessarily about flashy graphics. Mm. They're about playing the game. Exactly. So if you can't turn those down to a playable level where like your FPS is an acceptable level, then you ain't playing that game, are you? So and that sucks because if everyone else is you know wanting to play this game that kind of requires high spec, you're left out, and that's not very fun. Mm. It's actually a good point. It, playing games at a LAN, it really exposes the games that have strong gameplay where they're not dependent on their graphics or on something that's quite showy because mm. a LAN game really only works well when the actual game is good. Like it's got to yeah, be definitely. a good game with a strong gameplay element in order for it to work well. It can't be a flashy only sort of game. Yeah, definitely. Gameplay is 100% the main mm. pillar yeah. of a game. Which is why event. often you you will be playing games that have been out for a very long time because they stand the test of time. Their replayability is great. People love to come back to them, you know. And actually that leads us nicely onto talking about the availability of the game that you want to play. The games that you play need to be easy to get hold of. You're not going to turn up at a LAN and the people that you want to play a game with, they're not necessarily going to have the game that you want to play, particularly if a game is specifically targeting multiplayer or even specifically in a, that sort of local multiplayer LAN um, environment. They need to be reasonably priced. You know, you can't expect a whole bunch of people to pay for an expensive game just to play it at a LAN when they don't know whether they're going to enjoy it or play it again after the LAN. Definitely. Uh, one of the problems with that, of course, is that if they don't like it, then they're stuck with the game they don't enjoy. Now, I know certain services like Steam offer like a refund policy. Uh, which is kind of awkward to do, but, but, you know, possible. But then even if you do manage to get your money back, you've still managed to waste several, like, almost hours of your time at that LAN buying the game, downloading it, installing it, you know, and finding that you don't really enjoy it. That that sucks. So making sure the game is quick and easy to get hold of or maybe a game that everyone already has is, is a strong reason to have that game on your list of LAN games. And it's interesting that you mentioned Steam as well because... Back in the day, when you go back far enough with lands, you know, it was easy to, shall we say, uh, borrow games <laughs> in order to play them in a community setting. Very and, political. Yes. And Steam and digital rights management and, and copy protection have made, in some ways, they've made lands harder. You can't really circumvent that issue where now everyone really does need to buy a copy of the game. Um, and for games that are thirty pounds, if you've if only one person comes to the LAN with that game and it's like, I really want to play this game, I really want to play this game with everyone, and you've got nine other people that all need to spend thirty pounds, that's a lot of money for actually a game you're probably all going to play at the same time. You're really only playing one version of it in a weird way. You're not all playing at, the, at a different time. Especially when you consider that when those people get home, they're probably not going to be playing that game for maybe until the next LAN. Yeah, exactly. So it almost feels like having those extra nine copies of the game almost go to waste. Yeah, but at the same time, although you know Steam and DRM have made things harder, 
you've also got a lot more really high quality free to play games now. And that mm. makes land so much easier. Being able to say, hey, let's play some Team Fortress 2 or some League or Heroes or whatever. It doesn't matter. You can just be like, yeah, whatever. Everyone could just download the game and we can all play it, you know, and also games older games that are on sale for maybe one or two pounds, you know, that makes things a lot easier. And actually, that wasn't really a thing going back 10 years to when we used to have LAN parties. Well, no, I mean, going back that length of time, if you wanted a new PC game, you'd be pretty much meant going online and buying a disc copy. Uh, and you couldn't do that on the whim of a hat, like, you know, on the Friday night when you just got to the LAN event and set your computer up. You had to think about that like at least a week in advance. Yeah. So in some way, although we're a bit critical in some in the sense that, you know, Steam, DRM, whatever has made things harder, actually, it's never really been easier to, <laughs> to have a wealth of games that you can play at a LAN. You know, fast internet as well and downloading games has been is so much easier now. Another thing that's a lot easier now uh, as well is a lot of these games are easier to install and get going, mm. and actually, you know, set them up. You know, you go back to these older games that require a lot of faff to, mm. to get working. Like, remember when CD keys were a thing and like, oh, you typed it in wrong or you'd, you'd not brought your box with you because you just brought your disc. <laughs> you know, oh, I've not got a CD key to install yeah. the game. Oh, God. You know. That, that was so awkward. If, if a game had three CDs and you need to like yeah. swap between them like to install the game and it would take so ages awkward. to install and then you'd run out of space or it would crash and then you'd need like four patches of the game to like get to the same version as everyone else. Yeah, exactly. And like there wasn't any kind of like batch patch anymore. They, mm. they, we still had to do them incrementally. Yeah, so it's really be, never been easier to install and get started with games. But there are still some games that do take a long time to get started, whether it's fiddling around with the graphic settings or the key bindings or, you know, all of that kind of stuff. A, a land game really needs to be like, you install it, bam, it's ready. One game I had a really negative experience with with trying to do just that um, in, a, in a LAN environment a few years ago was trying to play uh, GTA 4. Mm. Um, I, I still were some friends of mine that were like, oh yeah, let's play GTA 4 on the PCs, that'd be really fun. It's like, oh yeah, that'd be great. And the amount of... We all had legit copies as well. It's not like we were trying to, you know, circumvent any kind of like security measures. But the amount of faff it takes to download the game and install it and then, like, download the, the social club thing mm. and then you had to sign up for that too just to play the game no matter what. It was so much messing about that by the time we did it, we just couldn't be bothered playing <laughs> it's it It's like, and we're done. <laughs> and we're done. Let's go and, you know, let's play another game of, like, Call of Duty 4 at the time or mm. Dawn of War or something because yeah. you, know, you just press play and off you go. Mm. And also as well, LAN games are good when they have a decent game length. You know, they're not not too short. You don't want to have all of some of that setup time of, you know, downloading the game, installing it, setting it up, um, such that the games are really short. So naturally it's over in like 15 minutes and, and people don't really want to necessarily play it again. But also a, equally a game that is too long is also troublesome or a game that takes a long time before it really gets interesting. The last thing you want is for people to burn out playing this game. You want to come to a conclusion because oftentimes the, the bits that you're going to remember about playing this kind of experience with all you, these people, either the friends or people you've never met before, is the conclusion like, oh, who won? Or, you know, what was the cool thing that ha happened towards the end of the game there? And, you know, the conclusions that you're going to be talking about, like when you go and get in a drink with everybody else after the game. And if it goes on for so long, you're just going to get bored and want to kind of quit without finishing the game. Mm. And that's not good. You don't want that. You want to complete that particular match or round or whatever. Definitely. And you also want to 
all complete it at the same time. Whether it's a competitive or a cooperative game, games where one player or two players get knocked out and now become irrelevant for a really long period of time. Um, for example, uh, a game like Civilization, it's, it's, it's a pretty good game to play at a LAN if there are people interested. But if one person drops out, you've now got the remaining people who are still going to carry on playing Civilization. And, you know, that one person is now maybe on their own. They've got nothing, you know, they've got to play by themselves if you're a small LAN. Or those people that are still playing and are tied up, now you can't make up the numbers for some other game that everyone wants to play because they're getting really into it. You know, they're like, they just want to finish this Civ game. It's getting really competitive and exciting. And actually, you know, it, that doesn't necessarily work that great. Yeah, it, it's almost counterintuitive to a LAN culture. Uh, you want to make sure that everyone that's... In, you don't have to have the entire LAN playing the same game at once, but you want to make sure that everyone that wanted to play that game is still playing that game when it finishes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, because then everyone it feels like they were part of that event, that that kind of like experience. Yeah. And then you can either you know take a break and move on to the next one, and everyone's at the same point. Yeah. Now, if people want to drop out and play their own thing for a while, like oh, I kind of fancy going to play something on my own for a little bit, you know, that's cool. That's no problem. But they don't. You don't want to force them into that. Mm. So you need to make sure that the games that you're playing allow people to either keep playing if they if they lose or they die. Uh, maybe there's like a respawn or something or maybe there's something else that they can do when they have died like there's a, another kind of game mode or something that they can take part in yeah definitely and it isn't necessarily just like really long-winded games like uh, like Civ it can even be kind of shorter round-based games as well mm. where death can be inevitable if especially if it's like a skill-based game like a game we kind of use as the example in our notes was like um Counter-Strike, mm. you know, a good Counter-Strike match can sometimes take anywhere from like, you know, four or five minutes. That doesn't sound like a long time, but sitting at your computer when you died at the first 20 seconds from, you know, a quick sniper headshot. To be clear, some of the things that we're describing are the way that we run lands. If you've got a team of people that are super hardcore and they love playing Counter-Strike, you know, then obviously they're going to have great fun playing Counter-Strike. But we're talking about a situation where you've got different groups of people from all walks of life, all levels of skills. Um, and in that situation, Counter-Strike is the epitome of a bad LAN game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It hits a lot of the things on the head that we've discussed so far. You know, because if you die, and because it's, it's a hard skill game to learn, although I think you can play Global Offensive now fairly cheaply, but for the most part, it's not the game that you want to be playing, really. No. Uh, unless you're playing maybe some like, gun game, I guess, like mods and stuff like maybe, that. Maybe, but even then, it's still... Like, there's just too much skill involved, I think, in something like Counter-Strike. It's too easy to die or too easy for something to happen to yeah. you. You want get people back in the action relatively quickly, or you want to make it so that when they lose, that's the end of the game, essentially, because they've just lost that, that game, and, and then they move on to the next round or the next game, whatever. Yeah. You want to play a game... I think if you want to play an FPS at a, at a LAN, I think a really good example of, a, of an FPS that works at a LAN is Borderlands. I think yes. Borderlands is such a great series for playing with people that have played it loads, like played it to death over and over. People who have pl never played it before, they've literally just first installed it. You know, it's old enough that it runs well on all machines. And actually the graphics, because they're slightly cell shaded, they work really well across all specs. You know, it looks really good on high-end machines, but also equally looks totally serviceable on a on a terrible laptop. It, that's a it's a really really strong game for for LAN players. 
if anything, I think the only bad thing about it is that you can't have more people playing because, yes. you know, you, it's only sort of four, is it four people? In a yeah, it's four people yeah. maximum because like the way all the mechanics of the game work. Yeah. You can only have four people playing at once, which is a shame because, I mean, having even bigger parties would be really cool, but like... I can appreciate why it doesn't work. Yeah, definitely. But you can tell as well that the game itself has had thought put into it for that environment because there's very easy drop-in and play mechanics where you can kind of just start playing when other people are already in a, in a quest or something. You know, you can take a character from another campaign and drop them into it. You don't have to start a new game from the very beginning, which is really good because in, like one game I remember we tried to play was things like, um, like Diablo and stuff like that mm. where, you know, you'd have some person that was like level 1 and some person that was like level 20 and you wouldn't be able to just kind of drop in and play you'd have to start a brand new campaign for everybody you know and that's kind of boring or or slow and then you have to wait for everyone else to catch up you know so Borderlands is really good in that sense that it lets you just drop in pick a character to the right kind of level and you just start playing and enjoy yourself yeah definitely Uh, another set of games that are also quite good for dropping in and out of that are good land games but only if everyone plays them and that's massively multiplayer online games right yeah definitely I mean People really enjoy playing these games with other people anyway, like, you know, because they're MMOs. But it's really cool to have a dedicated group of people who are sat next to each other communicating far more freely than using, say, voice chat on a dedicated, say, you know, couple of hours run on a, on a particular raid. Maybe you're playing, like, World of Warcraft and you're doing some raids or you're playing EVE and you're kind of, like, discussing, you know, politics within your, uh, yeah. your alliance, yeah. you know. And even though they're not necessarily intrinsic to the game, like, those discussions help promote that social environment as well which is equally as important than the game itself yeah exactly i think also what's interesting about mmos is that sometimes you may have a situation where you don't actually the people that you meet at a lan you all play the same mmo but you've not played with them before actually at you know in in games so it's quite fun to like swap stories about things that you've done or maybe group up with people that you don't normally group up with um, maybe normally you group up with all you know all your guildmates, but you go to a LAN and there's someone new that you you, you know that you start playing with. Um, that's quite a good way to sort of make new friends and get introduced to other people and different styles of play or different groups of people that are playing a game. Another really good thing about MMOs for uh, for LAN events is they're quite casual too, right? Yeah. So if you want to drop out and maybe go into something else for a bit, or you're just a bit tired, or you want to go and get a drink, you know, you think mm. like, just two minutes it's not the end of the world you don't have to like keep playing very intently on the Mm. game for like you know an hour or two um you know you can just go right brb two minutes and it's fine it won't affect in the slightest yeah a game that does require your constant attention but also is quite short um and so easy to drop out after a round is something that we've already touched on which is multiplayer online battle arenas like heroes of the storm we used hero of the storm as the main example because a it's the one that we played at our LAN events but it's also it's, it's uh, a good free to play one as well in that you don't have to have high levels to be able to play all the kind of characters uh, you know because there's a nice free rotation of characters so people that are brand new to the game can get a lot of enjoyment out of it just as much as people who have played the game for a long time yeah and they won't feel too overwhelmed like if you try to play something like Dota or Dota 2 where you've got so many heroes to choose from that it's actually quite hard to even get started The other thing about Heroes of the Storm as well, unlike something like League of Legends, it's more about the team as a whole. Um, So you can't have one person letting the whole team down or 
making the other team be amazing because they keep killing that one player all the time. And also there's just less mechanics to worry about in Heroes. There's no items. It's a lot more easier to just pick up. Even if you play a new hero or a new character you've never played before, you can just read the information and you'll probably be okay. The game is, is reasonably well balanced in that regard. And that's super important as well because you don't want people spending half an hour learning how to play a character because that's half an hour of your gaming time that you've got quite a limited amount of in these line events. You know, wasted almost. You want to get them playing and enjoying themselves. Yeah, and you also don't want a game where it's so imbalanced that the people that are good at the game know exactly what to pick, exactly what to do to, like, always win. <laughs> Unless yeah, everyone plays the same that sucks way. a lot of the fun out of it, especially if you're playing with maybe people that haven't played the game before mm. or maybe have but aren't anywhere near as hardcore about it. Yeah, and one set of games that don't work so well for complete newbies but do work well in smaller groups of people is short fast-paced real-time strategy games kind of like the things that we've discussed before on octal fm so games like dawn of war or homeworld or something like that they work particularly well if played cooperatively against the computer where it's slightly less competitive you know it's maybe a little less heated and it's a little less one-sided if there's one person that is really you know keen on that particular game yeah, because one of the things you don't want is you don't want people feeling like significantly outclassed because then, A, it feel, it sucks to just lose outright. I mean, don't get me wrong, losing is part of video gaming, but you don't want to just like be completely rolled over. Mm. But it also, it's kind of awkward for the person who's winning as well because they don't want to rub it in your face, but then at the same time, they don't want to be condescending about it. Uh, competitive games have their place, but LAN gaming, unless you're going to that LAN to play a competitive game with maybe your team or something is maybe not the place for, say, one-on-one art, uh, one-on-one competitive gaming. No. One set of competitive games that does kind of work, however, are those kind of short, fast-paced party games, things like Towerfall um, and Rocket League to some extent as well. Those games where the skill doesn't matter too much because actually a lot of it is down to fluke to some extent, but you still get some cool stories out of it about like that one time that person got that great save or the time when you managed to hit that guy in Towerfall by, you know, all the way through the floor and into the ceiling or whatever. You know, they're competitive, but also, you know, they're fairly gentle in the sense that there's not loads of depth to them where if you lose, you don't feel like it's because you're a massive noob and you've never played the game before. You lose just because, oh, you were unlucky or, you know, that thing happened and that kind of thing. It's also really helpful in those games that the rounds are very quick and snappy. Mm. So when you lose, you start playing again immediately and it's like, oh, well, I lost then. Like, never mind, carry on. Play again, play yeah. again, play again. Like, play I've again. got it this time. I can do it this time. Exactly. You don't want to be sat there for like a couple of minutes. Even like games with with low respawn times, you know, sat there for like a, few, a minute or two thinking, oh, I lost, that sucks, ugh, really frustrated. Because when you die in something like Towerfall, you're waiting like, what, five, ten seconds maybe yeah. before the next round <laughs> starts? That. And then you've not got time to be worried about the fact that you've, you've lost and not done very well because you've, you're right back into... Uh, into fighting each other and it's it's usually a lot of fun it's like there's like shouting and like kind of like fun name calling and stuff like that whereas something maybe like a competitive game maybe like counter-strike or like one-on-one rts games against each other there's maybe a little bit more hostility there yeah yeah it's a little bit more about like being pro or being a noob and yeah yeah. and and that's not very uh, conducive to enjoyable lan events no exactly one game that we had a lot of fun with, however, that was super enjoyable, was playing uh, Warcraft 3 mods, particularly tower defense maps, yeah. uh, which I think is very much 
one of the games that kind of got us through our early lands. Yeah, definitely. Because it, it was that wonderful sense of you didn't have to know the game to, to be part of it, but there was a lot of in-depth strategy to uncover once you did start to get part of that game and you did start to understand it. Like, you'd sit there with your friends and talk about, right, the next time we do this map, we're going to have to do this strategy to try and get it to work. And it's it just felt really rewarding to work together in, especially locally when you could shout and at each other like oh my god this is happening on my lane I need to, you to do this further on or something it, it was so much fun to, to kind of like chew the fat afterwards about oh if that didn't work let's do this this time yeah definitely that sort of sense of discovery as a group you know working through a game for the first time and that doesn't happen that often because usually with games one person has played it before or something like that but with things like custom maps for you know and mods for warcraft 3 it's very easy to play something that no one has ever played before or one person has played once because there are so many to choose from but they all have a common theme but they're different enough that you can't necessarily know that much by having played it before or not definitely so that covers the kinds of things that we think make a good you know make good land games um, or at least the lands that we like to uh, partake in with also some interesting specifics which would be your favorite if you had to out of the things that we've discussed which would you say is like that's the one i love playing at a lan at, a, at an actual lan event like a, a purpose-built lan for me i i cannot really beat the enjoyment i had from playing like those warcraft 3 kind of cooperative yeah maps. especially the tower defense ones but other ones as well like the hero mode maps uh, which is almost like a precursor to mobas and um like the line walls kind of ones they were just so much fun for me I love the fact that it was slightly competitive, but there was so much cooperati- cooperation required between everyone, and there was the talking afterwards. That was always my favourite. Yeah. What about you? I also really like MOBAs, like Heroes of the Storm. I think that they work really well. They're a great game to introduce people to um, if they haven't played them before, and they straddle that line, or at least Heroes of the Storm does in particular, of it's casual enough it's free to play you know people can ease so easily get into it and start playing heroes and if you're in a friendly environment you're not playing online maybe you're just playing against ai or you're all playing against each other and you can just sort of balance the teams a bit that's quite a friendly introduction to something that actually is quite hardcore you know like mobas are a serious game there's a lot of depth Mm. to it and a lot of strategy but that's a great introduction and a great way to introduce people for them to then go away and maybe play it some more, you know, do some research, buy some heroes that they like the sound of, you know, so that they come back to the land and they're like, oh yeah, I've been practicing with this hero. You know, I really enjoy playing this, this hero. I'm going to, I'm going to try it out at the next land. You know, I think that's great. That's a great example of, you know, the depth of video games and how land gaming can really help with that. Yeah. It's very important to have those games that allow the land gaming to be quite smooth and that's that's kind of uh, wraps up nicely of all the kind of like uh, topics that we talked about. What makes a good mm. land game? Yeah, definitely. And with that said, we really hope that our little discussion about land gaming has made you interested in maybe doing some land gaming yourself. Be that maybe running like a, a small kind of four to six person one in your house, or maybe you're thinking about attending a massive kind of like company run one, like for example in the UK the the Insomnia events. Yeah. So we hope that you really enjoy it, and in future episodes we're going to be discussing maybe how to run your own LAN, uh, you know, or and what 
what some of the uh, pitfalls are that you might face and how best to avoid them, you know, things like that. And we'd be really excited to hear maybe if you do decide to have a LAN, uh, like what games you decided to try playing, you know, uh, and then what maybe games we haven't covered, like something you could really suggest and put that forward to us. Yeah, definitely. You can let us know by sending us an email. The email address is show at octal.fm. You can also tweet us, so long as the game title is fairly short and fits into a tweet. <laughs> and we're just at OctalFM on Twitter. And you can go back through our previous episodes by visiting our website, octal.fm, where you can also subscribe on iTunes and services like that. Uh, and you can also give us a review if you want to. Please give us a review. It would be lovely. It would make my day. <laughs> It'd be nice to know where we're doing, where we're going well as well. Yeah, where definitely. We could could do improve some. We've had some great feedback actually from from people, you know, people who aren't necessarily interested in the topics that we're discussing, but then find themselves interested and find you know that the stuff we talk about is interesting, which is really great to hear. So please do let us know. That's about it. That's that wraps up this episode. I've been Gelada, and I've been Sefran. And catch us again for another episode soon. Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Gelada. Okay, you're not going to introduce me this time? I yeah. mean, fair enough, I'll introduce myself. I'm, I'm gonna... Saffron. <laughs> okay, again. I'm going to do that again as well. Be prepared. Be ready. There's be no... You, we can't do the like... When, um, <laughs> when, when we stand to... up, it's just a bird. Oh my God. Sorry. Brilliant. Perfect outtake. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, games. Uh, and then, yeah, go on. Sorry. I wasn't really going to say anything, so go for it. Okay. Well, what was I going to say now? <laughs> Sorry, you made me lose my, my, my train it. of thought. Sorry. Oh god. Um... Once and I've got it. <laughs>